usually the mainstream media uh, publishes what I'll call keyboard diarrhea in connection with, with gold at the tail end of a downtrend in the sector. And it's usually an indicator that the sector is bottoming and getting ready to head higher. Good evening, land of Arcadia Economics, and my name is Dave Kranzler of InvestmentResearchDynamics.com, and I publish the Mining Stock Journal and the Short Seller Journal newsletters, and welcome to another episode of my bi-weekly podcast for Arcadia Economics. I was going to discuss the economy and uh, the propaganda connected to this idea that there's no recession. Many areas of the economy are already in a recession. I also was going to touch on what's going on in the stock market. Uh, it's been deemed a new bull market, and I think that's it's more should be a bull market head fake. I think it's a bear rally, and the classic signs are there, including the fact that during the month of June, retail has poured a record amount on a, of capital, of cash, into stocks and mutual funds, specifically tech funds, on both a weekly basis and and for the month of June. And that's usually a signal that a, a an upward move in the stock market is about to come to an end. Um, this one in particular, because it's completely dislocated from any semblance of economic reality. However, I'm going to have to pivot away from that because my good friend, Craig Hemke of TF metals report who formerly was known as turd ferguson uh tweeted an article from bloomberg and it it really irritated me not that the fact that he tweeted it but the article itself and his preface for tweeting it was that usually the mainstream media uh publishes what i'll call keyboard diarrhea in connection with with gold and and whether or not gold is useful anymore at the tail end of a downtrend in the sector. And it's usually an indicator that the sector is bottoming and getting ready to head higher. A good example of this is uh, back in, it was either 2002 or 2003, gold, you know, gold had made a pretty big move from its bottom at 250 um, toward the end of 2000 and in early 2001. And the, the mainstream media bubble vision channels had, had no choice but to at least acknowledge the move. And I remember Bob Pisani, you know, when he gives his NYSE market update, and I don't even know if he does that anywhere anymore. I could care less. CNBC is, is, a, is a joke. It's a cartoon. But he got on TV and he actually referred to gold as the currency of terrorists and arms dealers. So at any rate, I wanted to thank Craig for tweeting that article, even though it irritated the crap out of me. And I thought I would just kind of dissect it really quickly and show you what absolute garbage it is. This is the, the I guess, I mean, it's on the internet, it's Bloomberg.com. So I guess I'm just going to call this the front page of the article. <laughs> Gold is no longer a good hedge against bad times. And uh, the author, this guy, Tyler Cowen, I've never heard of him, but if his intelligence is reflected in the quality of this analysis and understanding of the gold market, I'm glad that I've never read him before because it's everyone who reads this article and thinks that anything in here is true 
will be more dumb for having done so. At any rate, he says here in his byline, gold is no longer a useful harbinger of social and economic collapse. Well, first of all, as an English major, technically, you can use harbinger in here, but usually harbinger connotes uh, more of a sense of optimism. So uh, harbinger, um, I think omen is a better word here because social and economic collapse is really more about doom and gloom. Harbinger is really more used like a robin is the harbinger of spring. So, um, but anyway, he says it's no longer a useful harbinger of social and economic collapse. And I, honestly, I'm not really sure what he means by that because one of the things that he talked about is that he calls gold a boring commodity. <laughs> now, gold was locked into the basket of commodities in gold futures didn't even trade until 1974. And they were pretty much specifically created for the purpose of diverting institutional fund flows away from buying physical gold and into buying COMEX gold futures. Because <clears throat> if institutions started accumulating a lot of physical gold, it would blow the price up to the moon. So, um, and there's enough documentation on that. Go to go to gata.org or email Chris Powell. He'll point you in the right direction. It's pretty much settled history that that's why gold futures were created. Um, well, they all, they're also useful as a hedge for producers, but gold futures are mostly not used for that. They're used for, for price control operations by the banks. Um, but he's calling it a boring commodity, and it's not a commodity. It's a monetary metal. And it's not used in any form as a commodity, maybe maybe in very tiny, tiny amounts as as um, dental fillings. And I don't even know if it's used for that anymore. Why? Because I don't have any cavities. But um, and, and it's used as jewelry. But in the Eastern Hemisphere, um, jewelry is gold jewelry and silver jewelry is regarded as as an investment. It's, it's a show of wealth. It's an adornment. And it's it's also used as an investment. So uh, a commodity in, means that it's it's a it's it's a depletable uh, it's a it's a depletable product like wheat or oil that that gets used on a daily basis for for consumption and for industrial purposes. So um, re referring to gold as a boring commodity is just seated in complete ignorance. And this is his Twitter handle if you want to lob some abuse at him. But at any rate, uh, gold has been from, and I, I measure it from the beginning of 2001, but you can measure it from, well, this is this chart is, is quarterly gold prices. But from this point to present, gold has been the best performing asset of any major asset class, stock market, bond market, most commodities or maybe some obscure commodities that have outperformed it. Um, and over that time period, I'm not saying that within certain periods within that time period, gold underperformed or went lower, just saying over a 22 year time period, gold has been the best performing asset. I believe silver is either second or third. I, I haven't measured it recently. Um, the NASDAQ is in there somewhere also. So I'll just dispose of the idea that it's a boring commodity. Now, 
he comes in here and he said he, he wants to talk about how supply and demand dictates the price of gold now. He's trying to connect it to being a commodity. He says, if China becomes a major global economic power, which it is already, the Chinese economy will need more gold, if only for its commodity uses. Now, this one really puzzled me. And this is that is probably one of the most idiotic sentences in the entire article. To begin with, there aren't any economies per se that need gold. Now, monetary systems need gold. And I'll show you an example of that in a second of how gold actually is used in the monetary system. But it's not used as a commodity. It's too damn expensive. Even when it was down at 250 bucks an ounce, it wasn't used as a commodity. It, it, it's, it's a monetary metal. It's used as a tier one asset by the banks. That means that, you know, first of all, there's only a, a few tier one assets that banks can hold on their balance sheet against which they don't have to hold reserves. A cash, so dollars and euros, et cetera, um, sovereign AAA rated bonds, and gold. And that's pretty much it. I don't remember if, if there's some AAA rated structure assets that have been thrown in that basket as well. So gold is a tier one asset. It's held by every central bank in the world, and it's being aggressively accumulated by the Eastern Hemisphere central banks. Um, we don't know how much gold the U.S., uh, the, the Federal Reserve, holds on behalf of the Treasury. It's it's There's enough footprints in the snow to suggest most of that gold, if not all of it, has been hypothecated, leased out, or outright sold in an effort to, to help control the price rise of gold, which, as I show you know, discussed earlier, has been the, the best performing financial asset since 2001. Gold is also used as a wealth preservation asset by wealthy individuals, wealthy organizations, and intelligent people who understand what's going on in the monetary system. Um, and then I mentioned jewelry. You know, there's gold jewelry is all over the place in the Eastern Hemisphere, especially and the Middle East especially in India and China, and they view it as, as um, an investment. So instead of buying gold bars, um, a, wedding, a wedding groom gives his wife a big endowment of gold jewelries, might throw some kilo bars in there, and that's a testament of his love and commitment to his bride-to-be. So let's just get rid of that. That's a useless comment. Now, I talked about how gold is used as a monetary metal, and it is incorporated into the monetary system, just not, not the way we think it is. Uh, this, this was a, a graphic tweeted out by um, Dan Popescu, I believe he pronounced his name. I follow him on Twitter. He, he, he posts some, some, some good data that um, you know comes in handy for me, so I don't have to do all my own research. But at any rate, this, this is the currency composition of world official international reserves. And I'm not sure if this is an, an aggregate of all of the major central bank reserves or if it's um, the reserves held by the IMF. I, I need to have that clarified. But at any rate, um, it's labeled world official international reserves. And I'm sure Dan, Dan got this from an official source. And you'll see here that gold represents 14.7% of world official international reserves. It's third only to the euro, 
into the U.S. dollar. Now, if this is, I think this is the composition behind the IMF, behind the SDR, the IMF SDR. And at one point, the U.S. dollars used to be a higher percentage, much higher percentage of world official um, reserves. So, and you can see, I mean, gold is a major part of the global central bank reserve reserve system. And I, I suspect at some point, gold will be um, overtly and directly reincorporated into the monetary system. I don't know when, you know, there's, I think Rickards is saying in August, I, I doubt it, I'd be surprised, but at some point it will. And it's clear that that's the direction that, that the Eastern Hemisphere and the, the BRIC consortium is moving in. So uh, to be frank, it's it's just, it's idiotic to refer to gold um, as being used for commodity uses um, when it's clearly an important reserve asset in the global monetary system. At any rate, I need to let you know that this episode is sponsored by Silver Viper. And Silver Viper is advancing its Law Virginia project in sunny Sonora, Mexico. You can find the stock under the tickers VIPRF on the OTC Bolton Board in the U.S. and VIPR.B on the TSX Venture Exchange. Um, I just wanted to I wanted to share a chart with Silver Viper about of Silver Viper. Um, I mean, the junior mining stocks, as everyone knows, have been mercilessly beaten up. It's getting kind of ridiculous. Uh, I've been through several of these cycles since 2001, and all I can say is, unless the world's going to come to an end and totalitarianism descends on everyone, there will be another big bull move in the sector. And the timing on it, when's that going to come? I have no idea. Um, I do want to point out that insiders own 23% of the stock. And the fully diluted market cap, which includes options and warrants, is around 20 million. And for what Silver Viper has already shown through uh, drilling exploration and its its most recent resource estimate, uh, $20 million is a steal for this, for the optionality potential of this project. But at any rate, uh, you can see the chart, the, the stock kind of bottomed probably in March. It ran up and like everything else in this sector, it's pulled back, but it's pulled back to a nice uptrend line. Uh, meanwhile, the volume has come down a lot. It's gotten very quiet. It's almost like the calm before the storm. And I also included the um, RSI and MACD momentum indicators. And you can see the RSI confirms this, this uptrend, as does the MACD. And the RSI is coming from extremely oversold, and it's now kind of in neutral. Uh, MACD is also coming from extremely oversold reading. And it's it's still a little bit oversold here. Uh, I mean, from a technical standpoint, and I'm primarily a fundamentals-based analyst uh, geared towards longer-term investment strategies. But um, at some point, I think this thing's going to explode upward. I mean, I could have put in a, a wedge here. And as the technical gurus in the audience know, wedges can resolve either way. But given given... The momentum in the stock right now, I would say this thing at some point is going to be resolved up, upwards. Um, 
is that going to happen this month? I don't know. We're in a seasonally, I consider it that it's historically in general and on average, not always, it's a seasonally weak period for the precious metal sector. Uh, India has gone into dormancy in terms of, uh, not, not complete dormancy in terms of importing gold, but um, it's in between festival and wedding seasons. And um, everyone probably knows that uh, we got that to look forward to in the fourth quarter. And that usually takes pulls the press metal sector out of its seasonal doldrums. At any rate, that's enough of my ranting for this episode. Uh, needless to say, as, as Craig Hempke pointed out, we probably are getting close to a bottom, if not at the bottom. Gold seems to be holding 1900 fairly well, and silver seems to be clawing on to 23. Um, I do think that the market's going to start to move higher. And um, part of my rationale for that is when you see articles like the keyboard diarrhea that I just dissected for you. So um, Chris and I are going to be meeting up in Segala, quote, Cote d'Ivoire next week. We were, and I want to say I'm honored to be invited to the first gold pour celebration of Fortuna's brand spanking new Segala mine. And it's it's probably going to be one of the more profitable mines in the world. I'm looking forward to seeing Chris outside of the U.S. I've only seen him in Colorado and on podcasts. So um, I don't know if Chris wants to try and do a podcast from there. I think we might. So stay tuned for that. And if not, I'll be back in two weeks. And until next time, try to enjoy what you can as much as you can while you can, because who knows how much longer it's going to be before the whole damn system implodes. <laughs>